I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. One of the fun things about time travel is that you can kind of change how the story ends, if you like. And in terms of this list, there's been quite a few changes. With that in mind, I'm Sean Ferrick for Who Culture, and here are 10 Doctor Who characters who almost had different endings. Number 10. Margaret Blaine was meant to join the Shadow Proclamation. Margaret Blaine, alternatively known as Blonde Felfoch Pasimir de Slitheen, but quite frankly, that's exhausting to say out loud, was a highly entertaining villain who squared off against the ninth. Doctor in the first series of the 2005 revival. Best described as space criminal, Blaine was ultimately brought to justice by the Doctor, with a little help from the TARDIS. After staring into the heart of the Doctor's machine, she regressed back along her own timeline, sending her back to the very beginning. This turned her into an egg, giving her a fresh start at life in the most literal sense possible. This is the last time we saw Blaine on screen, but initially, then-showrunner Russell T. Davies had further plans for the character, plans that ultimately never came to be. In 2008's Series 4 finale, The Stolen Earth, there's a scene where the 10th Doctor visits it's the Shadow Proclamation, an intergalactic police force. As it stands, this is a very small scene with a tiny amount of characters, but in the big budget version, Davies envisioned an enormous amount of alien creatures packed into the room. In the big budget version, the Shadow Proclamation was huge, tweeted Davies. We almost shot this. Annette Badland had dialogue as a Slitheen and recorded it, and one of these characters was going to be Blaine in Slitheen form. In fact, this came so close to happening that Annette Badland even recorded her dialogue, but when Doctor Who's greatest enemy budget restrictions struck, the scene was scaled back. Number 9. Leela's abrupt departure was a last-minute decision. Doctor Who companions usually get a grand, often emotional end to their stories, perhaps paying off an arc that's been building up throughout the series. But Louise Jameson's Leela, nah, she was unceremoniously dumped on Gallifrey. This is because the scripts for this serial, The Invasion of Time, were created at the 11th hour after plans for a different story fell through. Despite these difficult circumstances, though, producer Graham Williams and script editor Anthony Reid were able to knock out a pretty good serial but it wasn't smooth sailing, and they did struggle with one particular plot point, how to deal with Leela. Even though Jameson had already told the creatives that she would not be returning for the next series, Williams was convinced that he could change her mind. As a result, he didn't even bother developing a proper send-off for Leela, because he assumed Jameson would just stick around a bit longer. Spoiler alert, she didn't. As a result, audiences were left with a hastily cobbled-together exit, in which Leela randomly decides to stay on Gallifrey. Jameson actually wanted Leela to be killed off instead, which definitely would have been far more entertaining to watch. 
watch. Number eight, Clara was originally supposed to die of old age. In the realm of alternative endings, Jenna Coleman's Clara Oswald is a particularly unusual case. Not only was her character intended to leave the show in two different ways, but both of these alternative exits were actually written, filmed, and included in the finished version of their episodes. The first original ending for Clara was at the conclusion of season eight, in which the episode Death in Heaven, here, Clara literally tells the 12th Doctor that this is their goodbye, gives him a big hug, and walks away from the TARDIS, with a sense of finality in the air. However, then showrunner Stephen Moffat and leading man Peter Capaldi were both keen for Colma to stay on a bit longer, but it wasn't until season eight was already in the can, and they were actively promoting it, that they convinced her to stick around. From here, Moffat devised a new ending for Clara, which came at the end of the 2014 Christmas special, Last Christmas. He intended to age her up significantly and kill her off as an old woman, and this was the exit that was in the script, right up until the episode's read-through. However, after the read-through, Coleman once again decided that she wasn't ready to leave the show quite yet, and so she continued to play Clara for another full series. And because there wasn't enough time to completely overhaul Last Christmas's ending, old Clara still made it into that episode. Moffat talked about all of this during an interview with the Doctor Who fan show, where he also revealed that the 2014 Christmas special nearly led to an alternate ending for a completely different actor. Number seven, Shona was supposed to join the TARDIS. Nick Frost's glorious take on Santa Claus aside, Faye Marseille's feisty shot worker Shona is the standout character in Last Christmas. She's funny, outspoken and curious, basically the ideal recipe for a Doctor Who companion, particularly opposite the brash 12th Doctor. So is it any surprise that at one point Moffat intended to give her that exact role? Had Coleman stuck with the initial plan, or well the second initial plan, and left at the end of Last Christmas, Moffat was eyeing up Marseille as the next companion, which would have presumably led to her travelling with the Doctor in Series 9 and Series 10, right up to Capaldi's regeneration. But again, when Coleman decided to stay, the idea of Shona becoming a member of the Team TARDIS was killed in its tracks. Number six, Ood Sigma was meant to fight at Demon's Run. The Ood don't exactly look like the friendliest of chaps, but if you show them some respect, they'll respect you in return. Or if you enslave them and treat them like dirt, well, they might just murder you with their electric ball thingies. Wisely, the Tenth Doctor chose the first option, helping to free the Ood in Series 4's Planet of the Ood. This led to him gaining an ally in the form of Ood Sigma, one of the more intelligent members of Ood kind. Sigma then showed up to wave the Doctor off just before his regeneration, and after this, he was never seen again. However, Sigma was supposed to be present during the 11th Doctor's era, specifically in Series 6's A Good Man Goes to War. Here, the Doctor calls in favours from various different friends of his. He recruits Doria Maldivar, Madame Vastra, Jenny, Strax, and others, all in an effort to rescue the recently kidnapped Amy Pond from the Fortress of Demons Run. And originally, Sigma was meant to be another addition to this eclectic band of personalities. Writer Stephen Moffat wanted Sigma to fight off the Headless Monks by hitting them with a mental assault in the form of an Ood song. This plan came so close to happening that the scene wasn't dropped until the editing phase, and interestingly, the episode's credits still list Russell T. Davies as the creator of the Ood, even though the aliens don't actually appear in the episode. Number five, Rose was supposed to defend Pete's world in her own spin-off show. While Rose Tyler's tearful departure at the end of series two was always on the cards, there were plans for the character's journey to be extended past this point, detailing what she got up to before her eventual return in series four. This extension would have taken the form of a separate show away from Doctor Who. Titled Rose Tyler, Earth Defense, the story would have followed Rose's adventures as a member of Torchwood in Pete's world, the parallel Earth she was stranded in at the end of series two. Rose Tyler, Earth Defense was not only commissioned by the BBC, it was actually budgeted and got very close to happening before Russell T Davies pulled the plug, believing that it was better to leave Rose's ending as it stood. However, considering that one of Rose's final lines in series two is how Torchwood is open for business, coupled with the fact that she returns in series four as a 
much more badass soldier, we can safely assume that the events of Rose Tyler Earth Defense actually happened, even though we didn't get to see them. Number four, the Twelfth Doctor was supposed to regenerate straight after the Cyberman battle. When mapping out the regeneration of Peter Capaldi's Twelfth Doctor, then showrunner Stephen Moffat had planned it so that the Series 10 finale, The Doctor Falls, would be his final episode. The Doctor would suffer the loss of a companion, Bill, after watching her turn into a Cyberman. He would then square off against two versions of the Master before being struck down in a heroic final stand against a freshly created Cyber Army. Finally, he would succumb to his injuries, regenerating into his 13th incarnation. That is the ending that Moffat initially had in mind, not just for Capaldi's Doctor, but for himself too. He was also planning to leave the show after the Series 10 finale, but despite how finely tuned his exit strategy was, the plan had to be changed when Moffat heard that the incoming showrunner, Chris Chibnall, was not intending to write a Christmas episode for 2017. So, wanting Doctor Who to keep its valuable festive slot, Moffat drunkenly agreed to extend his run by creating a Christmas special, and he went off and scripted Twice Upon a Time quite late in the game. This now meant that he had to change the Doctor's Falls' ending, delaying Twelve's regeneration so that he had time to squeeze in one final adventure with the first Doctor. And then, after all that fuss, this would be the last Christmas special for Doctor Who to date. Number three, Ace's original ending would have taken her to Gallifrey. At the end of 1989's survival, the Seventh Doctor and Ace walk off into the distance, arm in arm, ready to embark on an exciting new adventure. But skip ahead to the 1996 movie, and Seven is all alone. He gets shot dead by a gang, regenerates into his eighth incarnation, and the fate of Ace is never even mentioned. While there was talk of giving Ace a role in the TV movie, it was ultimately decided that the new Doctor should be given a new companion, Grace Holloway. This means that Ace never got a proper televised ending, with Survival's ambiguous conclusion serving as her final on-screen appearance, apart from the charity specials. However, this wasn't the original plan. If Doctor Who had continued past season 26 instead of being cancelled, season 27 would have seen Ace attending university on Gallifrey and training to become a Time Lord before being written out shortly after. While this ending was never depicted on screen, various expanded media stories have explored Ace's post-survival exploits, revealing that she did indeed attend the Time Lord Academy on Gallifrey. Number two, Ruth was never supposed to be revealed as the Doctor. It's obviously not possible to talk about the final end of the Ruth Doctor quite yet, given that she was only just introduced. Presumably, we'll see her again at some point in the future, perhaps in the next season. So instead, let's talk about the ending of her introductory episode, Fugitive of the Jadoon, and how it was almost wildly different to the final broadcast version. Right from the beginning of his stint as Doctor Who showrunner, Chris Chibnall had big plans for the show. The Timeless Child was a significant part of those plans, but contrary to popular belief, the idea of introducing Ruth as a never-before-seen incarnation of the Doctor was not part of Chibnall's original game plan. In fact, it was a last-minute change to a script that was already in progress, meaning that Ruth originally wasn't intended to reveal herself as the Doctor at the end of the episode. Here's what Chibnall told the Radio Times. We had a story, and Vinay Patel, fugitive of the Junoon co-writer, and I were talking about a story. And then I just called him up one day and said, you know this story, what if that's the Doctor? It's unclear how Ruth's episode arc was originally supposed to conclude, but perhaps she could have been revealed as a random alien fugitive as opposed to an incarnation of the Doctor. Number one, Sarah Jane Smith was almost killed off. Fourth Doctor serial, The Hand of Fear, was the final regular appearance of Sarah Jane Smith during the classic years, with the Doctor accidentally dropping her off in Aberdeen, hundreds of miles away from her home in South Croydon. For Sarah, this obviously wasn't ideal, but considering the alternate ending that the showrunners originally had in mind, she was lucky to escape with her life. After actress Elizabeth Sladen informed the producers that she wished to depart the show for good, attention was turned to developing her exit. Around this same time, Who veteran Douglas Camfield was commissioned to write the serial called The Lost 
Lost Legion, a four-part story involving a conflict between two groups of aliens. The story was also set to be Sladen's last, and the plan was to have one of the aliens kill her off, making her one of the few companions in the show to actually die. However, when the showrunners grew concerned about the progress being made on the Lost Legion, it was abandoned, and the Hand of Fear, including Sarah's new ending, was readied in its place, and the rest is history.